0: Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery.
1: hello this is pj ewing you're listening to the bees knees podcast i am really happy to be here with you today because we're going to teach you some really important lessons about recovery recovery from knee surgery and we have a guest her name is elisa she's in texas and elisa you're gonna you're gonna help us right you're gonna teach us some things
0: yes indeed things that i've learned from you and from my experiences um, having an unsuccessful initial recovery from my knee surgery.
1: Right. Okay. We're going to get right behind those words and understand what the heck you're talking about um, here on the Bees Knees Podcast. So what I'm going to do is say this like that open, you know, that welcome, warm, hey, Elisa, tell us about yourself and then tell us how you you ended up needing a knee surgery. I'm going to leave the floor to you.
0: Okay. Well, my name is Alisa, and I am 59 years old, and I live in East Texas. Um, I had uh, arthritis in my knee, but I also had a tractor accident that took out a section of my distal femur, which is the lower part of the femur, and it was crushed. And so I had to have a knee replacement. Um, And uh, so... It's been quite a process getting through all of this, uh, getting it scheduled. And um, I had it December 7th of 2021, and um, I have a fantastic surgeon who did a great job. And along the way, I happened to be one of the rare few who developed rapid internal scar tissue. And so it stopped my knee from being able to progress towards flexion and um, bending back bending backwards.
1: And tell me this, did you have any indication prior to this that that scar tissue was going to be a problem that this, this quick, quick creation of scar tissue by your body was going to loom?
0: So that's such a great question. I didn't have any idea um, that I was going to develop rapid scar tissue. I'd had a shoulder surgery in the past. um, But that surgery, it it rebuilt my shoulder, but still I was able to do the rehab immediately and get all of the, the movement that I needed very, very rapidly. Whereas with the knee, it's a little bit more tricky, uh, in terms of getting it to bend backwards. And so by the fourth week, it was like hitting a wall. I hit, I got to 90 degrees of bend and then it just stopped and nothing that I did, nothing. And by the way, I was doing extensive in-person physical therapy. I was doing physical therapy at home multiple times a day. I I was shocked that it just stopped progressing. I was a very unhappy person about it too. Um, and I started looking for ways to, to develop more bend in my knee and um as much as i love the surgeon's office they were not helpful they said just keep following the course and it wasn't working and in fact as the weeks went by i started losing bend no matter what i did as that scar tissue developed
1: you know it's funny there is a course of action uh, and everyone adheres to it, and it involves vigorous physical therapy and maybe gifted physical therapists and certain protocols. But when things don't go right, there really isn't a plan B. Oh, we're going to try. Th- oh, oh, I get it. Let's do the other thing. Well, no, there isn't another thing. It's sort of more of the same. There are lots of other devices, but I don't think there's really another sort of philosophy I would think. I would argue there isn't a, another major philosophy other than maybe what we have sort of adhered to at x10 and we can certainly talk about that but you were sort of lost at sea and i remember speaking with you and i don't think i was jumping up and down saying oh this is going to solve it no problem we got you Elise." i i don't know if i was really sure we were going to fix this problem do you remember that conversation?
0: i do i do you had clearly said there were no guarantees but i okay so let me back up for a sec I have a PhD and um, doctoral statistics. Well, I have a 4.0 in the entire PhD, but I have an a in doctoral statistics and I'm extremely good at looking up research. And so I was researching and researching and researching and looking and looking and looking. And on the Mayo Clinic website, I was reading patients' um, pain, agony, torture experiences when they were having an unsuccessful um, experience post knee replacement and one person put in a link to the X-10 and I clicked on it and read every single thing in there, watched the videos and went, you know what, this might work. I, at the same time, I was in the process of changing physical therapists because I wasn't certain if it was the challenge of the physical therapist. And I ended up going to this experienced grizzled old cowboy of an amazing physical therapist who actually had heard of the X10. And this is in a tiny town, a tiny city of 12,000 people near my little city that I live in, of whopping 600 people. And he had already had two patients use it with great success. And so I asked him about it and he said, I would strongly recommend it. He said, it's not going to help. Uh, now he said, you have so much scar tissue, you're going to have to have a manipulation under anesthesia. He said, they're going to have to rip through what's already there. And then I did all my wincing and horrifying thoughts and so forth and did more research and realized he was correct. Um, and uh, so I, I told my, the surgeon about the X-10, he asked for a link. I sent it. He said, go ahead and try it. See what happens. It couldn't hurt.
1: So you're about to enter into what other people who are listening, there will be thousands of listeners, Elisa, to this uh, podcast. That's what happens with these things. It may take um, a couple months. It may take years, but over time, many, many people will hear this and they're all with bated breath, very interested in what you're about to say about the manipulation under anesthesia. How bad was it? Was it the end of the world? Was it incredibly painful? Was it worse than the original surgery? Tell all my dear, if you could, because I know a lot of people will want to hear your your words. Okay.
0: So I'm so glad you asked this question. First, I was literally terrified beforehand. I am not a fearful person. I am, I'm, I'm like a rational, clear thinker, but after all the pain that I had had in the three months prior and all of the failure and all of the lack of success, and then the thought, because I was told it was going to be swollen the size of between a cantaloupe and a watermelon afterwards, I can't take non-steroidal anti-inflammatories NSAIDs. I had a severe allergic reaction and I could never have another one again. And I kept saying to the surgeon, how are we going to change the variables so that I can be successful afterwards? And he said, well, I can load you with steroids after the, during the procedure while you're still under anesthesia. I can inject them in there. But he goes, I don't know if that's going to be enough. And so I had to trust that the X10 would. But when I researched it, um, it was, scar tissue develops at night. So in just a minute, I'll explain the strategy that I used with the X10 to help stop that from occurring. Um, but I was, I was beforehand before the, when I was in there, like in my gown in the, in the prep room, waiting to be rolled into the thing, I was shaking like a leaf. I was just, I couldn't control the, sh- I was so afraid. So then, you know, then they knocked me out and then you're no longer afraid. Right. And when I woke up, my knee wasn't as swollen as I had anticipated because of all of those um, steroids. So anyone who could take steroids, I think I'd ask for that. Um, and, uh, and then I began immediately as soon as I got home with just the softest, tiniest little movement on the machine on the first day and then the second day all in. Uh, And by the way, after that, it it was far less pain than I had experienced before, far less. Because the machine goes at a slow pace and pauses at the top when you're extending and then pulls back ever so slowly to a set easy bend in the beginning. You're not damaging anything and you're, and it's just sort of helping that inflammation disappear. Uh, So the doctor had prescribed me 56 Norco tens. And um, I, I ended up taking four of them total in four days and then just didn't need them anymore. Like didn't need them.
1: You did not describe Agony. You didn't describe it with uh, the MUA was the most painful thing that I've ever. you, You got through it. You woke up. You were gentle. A few days passed. You started your recovery pattern. You didn't need as much pain meds. This was not an excruciating thing that you've got to avoid at all costs in the end, right? Yes.
0: That's what surprised me. It, but I'll tell you honestly, I can honestly tell you if I didn't have the X10, I would have been in the exact same situation. There is, I would have needed an, another one and then another one and it would have not worked. And I want you to know my husband met a woman that he never met in me during the three months prior to that MUA. I was crying 12, 15 times a day. I was so frustrated, so angry, and and that's not like me. But so much pain before it, so much pain from all that scar tissue. And since I had been so completely compliant with doing all the physical therapy, it was just unspeakable, unbelievable that I just couldn't get it to bend. I just couldn't.
1: bilateral knee replacement, your best recovery. If you are considering going for two, this is the Facebook chat group for you. We have an incredibly active membership made up of many wonderful people who have already gone through a bilateral knee replacement. They have a lot to say about it. Of course, it's free to join. Search Facebook groups for bilateral knee replacement, your best recovery you are most welcome to join the conversation and make the most of your bilateral knee replacement surgery. This is a bull by the horns situation. And Alisa, you are a lady, you are a woman who takes the bull by the horns and you make things work. That's your nature. You are in charge of your world and suddenly you weren't and you were doing everything that you were told down the line adhering to the procedures the protocols obeying trying your best and it wasn't working and there therein lie the tears i believe now that's yes me a little bit of uh psychotherapy am i am i close (laughs) (laughs) was that about right the
0: other thing is that i am uh just for my own personal beliefs i'm a devout christian believer and and i believe that god heals and I know sometimes he says no to prayer. And I couldn't, like, when we're in the middle of our own personal nightmare, sometimes we don't know why this thing happened to me. I did learn, though, how I'm going to be treating shut-ins in the future, people who can't get out and do things in the future. It will inform how I respond to other people. But I also realized that there had to be a purpose somehow in here and finding the x10 gave me gave me the opportunity to continue forward and see what could be done
1: i just want to say and i i don't want to pretend that we're going to start um writing chapters uh, of the of of the bible or something but there is no good reason for you to have found the x10 from a referral from a physical therapist that in the circumstance that you're in in a small town near another small town this we are not well known this is not a universally accepted protocol it's not all across the country we only have at this point 160 machines for goodness sake and yet somehow you got the word by someone who really advocated for the X10 that I don't know. And you ended up on the machine and it turns out it was your solution. So, no, I don't think there's divinity in that necessarily. But but there is a, well, the world did work in your favor in this case.
0: Yeah. And it, I will leave it well open for the fact that God does answer prayers.
1: Well, I'm so glad that this prayer was answered. Let's take it from there. You have the X10. You're gingerly moving. It's a couple, a day or two after the manipulation under anesthesia. How does that go? What's the trajectory of your recovery?
0: Okay, great. So I'm actually, right now I'm scrolling rapidly backwards on my, um, uh, to, to my very first day because I photographed the machine each time I finished each session. And so I'm mm. going back right now to the very first session.
1: You're, you're a data-driven lady, and there's all the data right yes. in front of you. I okay. can see that.
0: So on my very first session, I got to 92 degrees bend. It was, I want you to know, It was all the way down to 70 before the MUA. So the Thursday, the day before my MUA on Friday, my degree of flexion was 70 degrees. And so I had the the MUA. And so I was at 97 on the very first day. But of course, keeping in mind, I still had some anesthesia in me. And the doctor had just ripped it back to 125 degrees. He couldn't get it to go more than that. I want you, he can normally do more, but I want you to know what he said to me afterwards, um, 10 days after the MUA, when I had a follow-up. He said, I want you to know that we were in between two major surgeries from other, you know, he does hips and knees. said so there were a lot of people in the operating room. And when I did the MUA, um, he said, we have never heard more scar tissue pop than I have ever heard in my entire career. People stopped and they were gasping. He said, it sounded like popcorn in a, in a kettle. And he said, I, I, I need to apologize to you for my physician's assistant telling you to get out of your head, stop researching for things and, and asking you how you knew you had scar tissue. He said, C- clearly you had more scar tissue than I've ever heard.
1: Unbelievable. I've never heard that myself, like popcorn. Wow. Right.
0: So I got to 97 after the MUA. That was that evening. And it was very gentle, very, very gentle. The next day, I was at 101. The next, the next session that day, I was at 102. The next session on that Saturday, so it's a Friday, I ended at 103. Now, what I want to talk about is what I chose to do. I decided that I was going to because I was going to be all in, just all in. So I decided to do the X10 every six hours around the clock. So I started at 12 p.m. and then 6 p.m. and then 12 midnight and then 6 a.m. And I did the 35 minute sessions and then I went to sleep and then I did a 35 minute session and then I went to sleep and then I, and it was very, it was grueling. But, um, I recognized that knowing what I knew about the amount of scar tissue that I had developed and knowing that I was going to develop scar tissue again, I needed to make sure that sleep wasn't my enemy.
1: I have not heard that protocol before. I have heard many times people say, well, I'd get up in the middle of the night. Uh, my wife, my daughter would sit with me and we would do a session at three in the morning. I was restless. That was helpful to break up that time between sleep and morning. But I've never heard anyone adopt a six hour, six hour, six hour. How long did you do that That pace? I
0: did it for eight days um, straight. And then I... I decided to be a little scientific and see what would happen if I did a session at 10 p.m. and slept until six. And so I did that for another seven days.
1: And looking at your charts, how did that go? You left us off at about 102, 103.
0: Yeah. What happened? So day after day 105, 106, 107, uh, 108, 108, 110. Um, hold on i'm passing pictures of my grandchildren um oh, 111 112 112 um and then let's see i'm moving up past pictures of my cat okay <laughs> um 113 14, um 115 moving on day after day i started gaining um 117 so one, once i got two two forward 119 Um, so it started going up at one per, so it was going up at one per session for a little bit, and then it settled to going about one per day. And on a couple of days, I stayed the same, which was fine with me one or two days towards the end. I dropped down like two because my body was just recovering. And I, and I, and I told myself, I'm going to be gentle with my emotions And I am not going to allow fear to get into my way. I'm going to just keep going. And, um, and it continued uh, to go. So I, I am currently uh, it's been three weeks and two days and I'm at 122 degrees bend.
1: That's unbelievable.
0: It's, it's incredible. I'm so
1: happy. You, you are in so many ways, Elisa, uh, and I would not say this to anybody but you are the poster child as they say of the a proper recovery on the x10 you are exactly what i tell people a degree a day be kind to yourself if the degree isn't there don't take it. You take what you're given. You earn the degrees. You don't steal them. If it's not there, it's not there. There's a pace to this thing. Be kind, smile, gentle, relentless, my favorite word, relentless, but not in pain. If you can, you know, maybe a hint of pain, maybe some pain occasionally, but we're not here for the pain. We're here to recover um without pain as best we can and you you the pace and the approach and the calmness and the strategy i admire absolutely everything that you did and you you're paying off what i'm talking to people about whenever they call and want to talk about the x10 and have this similar situation which i do hear a lot you're paying it forward now but you you delivered up upon the the protocol that i talk about a lot it's amazing
0: i need to i need to address something else with the x10 um my my main um physical uh my she's a physical therapist assistant kim was so faithful and kind so supportive and generous so helpful to talk me through little things and when i was saying okay so what should i do here what what can i you know like okay so Um, you know, can I, I would, I would propose things. I'm like, do you think that there would be some utility in me, like in between sessions, just popping on for say 10 minutes and just moving it slowly at a low amount, just to see if I can convince my, my thigh, you know, those strong hamstrings and the strong, you know, like the muscles there, to let go, <laughs> like to stop clinging, you know. Um, and she she said yes. And I also said the physical therapist suggested cupping. What do you think? And she said, talk with you know your in-personal physical therapist. But I I completely think that might work for you. So give it a shot, see how it goes. She was very 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 supportive. And then I also had Coach Caitlin and Coach Halima ch- uh, check in with me on weekends. And so how much support was that? It was Incredible. It was incredible support.
1: Really big smile on my face right now because those ladies, we, we do have men as well, but those ladies in this case, um, are all so good at this. They care so much. And you had on the ground physical therapy, you had the X-10 we're all working for you, Elisa. So I'm hoping, and it sounds like it was indeed a team. It's not a an us versus them or, you know, we, we, we all, we're working for, we're, you're our client, all of us. And and it sounds like that worked really well.
0: Okay. It was so cute because I was taking a screenshot every single time I finished, right? So I have screenshots of each one of my my sessions. And when I would go to my, I went to standard physical therapy um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Fortunately, even though we live in this near a small city they just opened a physical therapy pool, a community physical therapy pool. So that was very fortunate. So I was in those, but right before I'd go in every time, Dawn, my in-person physical therapist would say, so where are you on the X10? And I would hold it up and, and they, everybody would clap. It was <laughs> awesome.
1: Oh my, uh, I'm not going to say anything silly or too romantic, but it makes me really feel good hearing this because- you know it's uh i don't think people well i think you said it and that was you were crying you were upset you were frustrated and this is sort of a night and day situation and and let's just say this right now you're not done this is this this has got to go on for another three four weeks you're not out of the woods a hundred percent oh no right because you know this scar tissue thing, and you know. But if, if anyone listening to this knows you're going to succeed because you've got your head on head in the game. You're focusing. You're, you're spending your March, much some of your much of your April, getting this right. But you're going to win. Uh, you've already had a huge success. But I, I know that there's another month or so of this before I think you're going to be able to maybe relax a little bit.
0: Yes, I want to say that I have a four month plan. Um, so I'm planning on doing. Uh, I have an elliptical, which has one style of, of bend of movement for me. Um, I also at the pool, there is a, um, they do have a, cause it's a full center. So they do have a gym. So I'm going to be using the regular exercise bike as well so that I can get that, um, the extension and the bend in a more similar fashion. Um, and I'm going to continue, I'm going to be doing water therapy six days a week. They're closed on Sundays. So I'll be doing it six days a week first. And then I will be doing three sessions of, um, my elliptical at home. And then after my water therapy, I'm just going to do their bike there. But I would have, if I didn't have that option, I would have gotten, I have a bicycle. I've got a nice Trex mountain bike. So I would have just gotten one of those stands that you put it on. And just brought my bike into the house and done it on my own bicycle. So there's lots of options that people can have on, on how they can continue. But I am still planning on doing uh, four times a day because, uh, because I know this knee now, I know what it wants to do. And I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to let it. I do speak kindly to my knee, by the way, I really believe that. Um, I need to say, you can do this. You know, I literally rub it and say, you can do this, you've got this.
1: (laughs) So what happens? People find us through research, through, in your case, uh, a medical professional, or they may just go onto YouTube, find our website. They're typing in the words manipulation under anesthesia. They may be saying um, arthroscopy and, and there they are. And there they are on a podcast, listening to you and me right now speak about this. I know that people listening are like you to some degree, Alisa, they're motivated, they're worried, they're looking for smart answers, and they're going to be as dedicated and relentless as you. Otherwise, why would you ever be listening to this conversation? There's no way that you're just gonna browse through knee surgery recovery podcasts for fun. You're here for a reason. And, and what you're hearing from Alisa is a four month plan, dedication, multiple sessions a day, no, it's not an easy path, and guess what? There are neighbors who golfed after three weeks after their surgery, and oh, I had no problem. We all hear this all the time, but there are certain physiology, there's certain tendency to scar, there's certain gifts of God, and it just happens that some people have a more difficult recovery, and when that happens, and it's probably you listening to this thing right now, you've gotta do what Elisa has been doing, study, get advice, find great people to work with. In her case, the X10 played a role, but you've got to put all of your mind on this because it doesn't, for you, just happen. It's going to be tougher, but that doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It's just going to take a really, you know, a concerted effort.
0: Yes. I would like to add something about work. So I wanted to have a few weeks off after my MUA and my company denied it. And so I had to work full-time during this and it was hard. It was hard. 40 hours a week plus all of the physical therapy, all of that work and the sleeplessness in the beginning. But I tell you, no, no, I, because I was not, I was determined I was not going to be handicapped. Mm. I was determined that I was not going to be permanently handicapped. I like riding my bike. My husband and I used to be able to ride our bikes 40 miles on a weekend. And by the way, I am, I put on the COVID 40. So I am no longer a slender person right now. But when I get, when I'm able to be riding my bike distances again, I'll take that back off. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm 59, right? It was creeping on. And then I ate like a crazy person during, during the whole thingy. So. Um, and, and I certainly didn't stop eating after my unsuccessful knee surgery because I was miserable. And, and so this has given me a, I mean, I've, I've had success and I will continue to, but it was truly because of this machine. And then I want to say one other thing. It's not covered in Texas under insurance yet. I know you'll get there. And so I had to pay, pay for it. And I had to put it on a credit card because I don't have that kind of cash sitting around. Um, and for me, it was worth every penny and double that. It was worth every penny. It gave me the one tool that would provide the variable changer, the game changer. That let me be able to move again
1: well i i I, uh, we are working on it and we have solutions for the the cost and it depends on where you are sometimes it's less sometimes it's a little bit more we have payment things and we're working on insurance and we have home care companies that we're creating so there's a lot of really good progress on our end but it is still costly for many and you know, it, it is a price that I can't quote on this podcast because it wouldn't make any sense. It depends on where you live and where we are and the other factors, but we do everything possible to to keep the cost down and bonusing days and offering whatever we can. Um, it's funny you say that about the COVID 40, because it must be different up here in New York. I think it's the COVID 60 here. It's just like a different math <laughs> here in New York. Cause, cause, <laughs> 40. I wish it were 40. My goodness.
0: I, I know. I, I was just like watching myself. puff up. It's like, Oh dear. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But you know what? Eh, it'll come back <laughs> off all in good timing.
1: That's right. Well, and you need your knee to be moving and you need those bikes and you need the routine that you used to have. And Yeah. Well, well, this, this has been well, anything we missed Elisa. This has been really, truly amazing. I'm so grateful for your time. I, I really.
0: actually need people to know that I actually asked to, to talk about it from you guys because I needed other people to know that there is hope
1: you know it's funny I told people that I uh, was we have a Monday morning meeting today's a Monday and I had a recording yesterday from a gentleman named Patrick in Orlando and it was the same thing Elisa he would not take PJ what are we doing? right? PJ, like, like, I mean, I've got a, I've got a story to tell PJ, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, all right. All right. I gotta, gotta do my job. You, you, I've got motivated patients who want to talk about this thing. There's one other story that reminds me of you and it isn't really the same, but it was a woman uh, named Sandy, who still is a bit of a friend and she's in the villages, Florida. And her story was, you know, all it was a five year saga, Alisa. It was this didn't work. They gave up on me. Years later, I thought I'd try it again. I mean, just saga. She gets the X10, she has the surgery, and there she is saying, I need motivation. I know I want to throw myself at this, but I'm a little worried. I'm a little anxious. So she essentially had a different friend or friends come over to her home three times a day. There were ladies, it was like Tupperware parties. There were ladies, morning, noon, night, working with her, cheering her up, distracting her for three weeks. All of her girlfriends came over for X ten sessions, <laughs> and she did great. And it was, but so she, she was motivated, but she needed to turn to the community basically to support her because that was her level of that was her dedication. She wasn't, she was as committed as you, but she needed that as her her. Uh, and that was a story I'll never forget. It was just so cute. Yes. In your case, it's it's just every six hours, every six hours, right. just just. Although amazing. I did
0: have friends come over. Um, at the 12 o'clock you- and six o'clock ones <laughs> because my <laughs> husband did. was really tired. <laughs> um, I, I wanted it. to say another thing, that distraction is a very important element. I found that I got better bend when I was watching an engaging movie.
1: What'd you watch, Elisa? What recommendations did you get from
0: no, it? No, I mean, lots of different movies. I mean, in the beginning, all I could do was like simple Hallmark Channel romances that were just so gentle because I was so... Emotionally raw from the prior twelve weeks, and now I can watch anything I please. But I, if I'm distracted in it, um, I get better bend. That doesn't mean that I'm not. When people get used to the machine, like moving it up, you know, through the through the bend cycle, but um, you know, I wasn't distracted so much that I wasn't doing my job on you know on increasing the the degree of flexion. Um, but yeah i was when i was distracted or having a conversation it was much easier
1: yeah we've uh I, i've come across that my example is always downton abbey but i'm a sucker for those hallmarks
0: oh downton abbey is my favorite <laughs> Start downton abbey
1: season one let's go but but the hallmark uh i'm a particularly around christmas i am a absolute i'll just spend the month watching those and, and over again <laughs> and you may know the story i'll watch them again doesn't matter uh the the princess and she goes back to where you know i watch them all anyways
0: Oh, yes. yes. Well, Elisa, thank Thank you you. for the
1: time. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. You're going to help a lot of people. You'll help thousands of people, Elisa. You just did. And we're all really grateful that you took the time to do this.
0: Oh, you are so welcome. Anytime, if you ever wish to speak to me again, if anyone has a direct question, I will send you my email address. I really don't mind.
1: Hi, everyone. One message about what you're listening to, because there are two different audiences for everything that we do now we have had a podcast for the last few years called the bee's knees podcast and some of you are listening to that right now saying yeah thanks pj got it i'm listening to your podcast what else do i need to know i'll tell you what else you need to know is that there's another way to consume these wonderful interviews and content that we create and that is knee radio one a 24 7 uh, seven day a week on all the time knee broadcast. It's a radio station on the internet, internet radio, they call it. And we have a collection of interviews bundled into different shows that run all the time on Knee Radio One. You can find that broadcast simply by going to knee radio the numeral one dot com. Knee radio one. Dot com, and right on that homepage of that website, you can read all about it, and you can also push play and listen to the broadcast.
0: The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out, shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to the podcast at gmail.com.